And you, but you're from Poland? I'm Polish and German. Polish and... Oh, wow, all right, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Kirsty Styles, and welcome to the new Economics Foundation's weekly economics podcast. This week, we are talking government debt with Eva Karbowski, lecturer in economics at Kingston University. She's going to explain the Charter for Budget Responsibility, which, because it's not a bill, has just slipped rather easily through Parliament. Order. The question is the motion on the Charter for Budget Responsibility as on the order paper. We're aiming for a budget surplus in 2019 because we're not running a surplus nine years or more after the end of the recession. When will we ever run a surplus in the country? It's no wonder that the Charter has been seen as one of those puerile political traps the Chancellor likes to set. It's not a political gimmick to have sound public finances. This Charter will be used in time and time again as an excuse for the government's refusal to intervene and refusal to invest. The truth is, running a deficit forever is not socialist compassion, it is economic cruelty and Britain wants no more. So thanks so much for being here, Eva. Last week, as many people will know, MPs uh, voted in the House of Commons for a charter for budget responsibility. Can you explain to the listeners what this charter is all about? Yes, so basically the government came up with the wonderful idea that it's a really good thing to have a surplus, a government surplus, each year. So the idea is that in the course of a year, the expenses that the government has on health, on education, all of that should be less than what they take in in terms of tax, income tax, VAT, all of that, which sounds reasonable, but in fact, it's not. Okay, so um, part of this is 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 to do with this lovely deficit uh, that we've been talking about a lot in the economics podcast, um, and that'd be as opposed to a surplus, as you mentioned. And uh, so this charter is, as you said, about stopping governments from running uh, a deficit. Deficits add to overall government debt. Is is that right? That's exactly what it is. So basically, the deficit is something that occurs in the course of a year. So you could compare deficit with your overdraft on your credit card or on your bank account. Whereas um, if you continuously spend more than you earn as a household, you basically accumulate debt, right? So in the long run, a lot of deficits add up to debt. And that's the same with the government. So this charter means that Governments won't be able to spend any more than they bring in in taxes. Um, Isn't that a sensible thing? You would think so. For a household, that might be a sensible thing. But even for us as a household, we tend to have debt, right? We can't just buy a house without taking out a loan. Most students have student debt because it has become incredibly expensive to study in this country. So everyone has debt. And... That's even more the case for a government because a government doesn't work like a household. It's typically compared to a household, but it's more like a firm, really. And firms regularly run um, deficits and have a lot of debt as well because they need to invest. And quite often they don't have enough money to invest into the future. Okay, so where do um, governments borrow money from? So governments can issue bonds, for example. So they would uh, borrow from international investors that would go into financial markets. And so at the moment, we are actually at a point where interest rates are very, very low. So it would be really good for the government to borrow, to run a deficit, 
and use that money to invest into something which will in the future increase our productivity, which will increase growth in the future. Uh, we have a massive housing shortage, for example, so we would need to invest into social housing. All of these things could be financed through debt and borrowing by the government. So Eva, has there really not, never been a time when a government has borrowed too much? You know, what about Greece? So Greece is a special situation. And yes, the Greek government was not in a good shape um, at the end of, well, just before they, they saw the massive budget cuts and austerity introduced in Greece. But a lot of that debt was also because of um, the global financial crisis that exacerbated debt across the OECD world, so across rich countries. Greece actually saw its debt ballooning the moment that austerity policies, so policies to roll back the state, to cut state expenditure, all of that, the moment this was introduced, the economy basically collapsed. And since we measure debt as debt to GDP ratio, this collapse in the Greek economy meant that their debt now stands at 190% of, of GDP. So yes, it is problematic for some countries, but we are far away from that type of scenarios. Our debt to GDP is 90%. And on top of that, we're not Greece, we're not within the Eurozone, we actually have sovereignty over our monetary policy. So we can actually decide what we want to do in terms of uh, cutting back expenditure or not, whereas Greece couldn't, they were just forced to do that. So when would you get worried with regards to a kind of debt to GDP ratio? Can you just give us a bit of an explainer of what debt to GDP really means? Sure. So economists like measuring debt burdens as debt to GDP. And in fact, it's actually not always that useful because debt is a pile, right? So you accumulate debt over time and it grows, whereas GDP is pretty much like your monthly income. Right. So at some point, it might be difficult for you to pay it off. Yes. But there are two ways to reduce your debt burden. You could, for example, try to grow the economy. Right. So it would be the reverse of what happened in Greece. If you manage to grow an economy rather than collapsing it through austerity, then automatically you also bring down your, your debt burden. So some people think... And the IMF at some point said, OK, it might be a bad idea if you go somewhere above 100% debt to GDP that might actually have a negative impact on growth. But there's no consensus on that. And actually, recently, the IMF came out and said, in terms of the UK, we are very far away from any territory where there might be danger in terms of our debt to GDP ratio. Okay, okay, and just to be clear, so 100% debt to GDP ratio would be you have a million pound debt and you your GDP is a million pounds. Exactly. That's what it would be. And so for a government, for a nation, it's much easier to grow its GDP than for you as a household because you would basically just need a much better paid job all of a sudden. Um, and so the other thing that the government could do to bring down debt is obviously to increase tax rather than just cutting ex expenditure. The government hasn't been very enthusiastic on trying to not sell off our public assets for very cheap or trying to get people who are rich to pay a fair share of tax. Ideally, though, I prefer to earn enough to pay for all of my hipster trinkets and, and not have a credit card or an overdraft uh, or a student debt of £27,000 or so. Um, surely uh, it's an aspiration for a government to do that. Isn't that what this charter is all about? In fact, it's 
kind of conflating economics of a household with what a government is. So government represents a country, a government represents us and society. And what we need is infrastructure, we need better hospitals, we need better roads, we need to invest in social housing, as I said. And all of that means we need to invest beyond what we necessarily can get in in terms of tax in a given tax year. So as I said, it makes much more sense to compare a government to a firm. And in that sense, it's not a bad thing at all to take out debt. It might increase growth and increase tax revenue in the future. Um, what about this argument about passing it on to our future generations, all of this this debt that we're you know, potentially getting something from, but not necessarily straight away? Of course. At the moment, what we're passing on to our future generation is really debt. Because in the UK, it's not government debt, which is a problem, it's household debt. It's particularly student debt, so it's debt that um, is given to young people. People, students can't study if they don't bring up £27,000 somehow, which is a massive amount of money. So the government is really just setting the wrong wrong priorities. We need to, to look at household debt and try to bring income up, bring wages up to make sure that households can actually pay off their debt. Well, this charter does allow for some exceptions. It says that, you know, this only has to be done in normal times, whatever those are. Surely that means that if there's a real need for the country to borrow if we're in some sort of economic mess, you may t- must be able to imagine, we could borrow? So there are stipulations in there which basically say if we're in a recession, so if growth is less than 1% of GDP, um, we could borrow. So it allows for counter-cyclical spending during crisis, which is fair enough. And we've done that during the last crisis. A lot of the government debt we have now at the moment is actually because we had to bail out banks. We had to bail out banks which borrowed irresponsibly and uh, weren't able or prepared to pay that back. So now we have to do that as taxpayers. And how similar is this to the various policies that Gordon Brown um, enacted uh, when he was in government? one of which, the last one I think George Osborne uh, memorably called vacuous. We have to debate this vacuous and irrelevant legislation before us. But it begs the question, why did the Chancellor feel the compelling need to introduce it? Why is he the first Chancellor in our history who feels he needs an Act of Parliament on top of a budget statement? And there are only two explanations. Either he doesn't trust himself to secure sound public finances, or he knows the public doesn't trust him to secure them. So interestingly, against um, the last the last Labour um, suggestion, the Tories were very much against and cited, um, cited leading economists like William Ruta, who came out saying, if you want to have a fiscal responsibility, um, charter this actually is com- just to... Just, uh, political stunt, nothing else. It's majorly irresponsible. So, in fact, what seems to be happening is all of this is quite political and trying to label Labour as fiscally irresponsible. Okay, so let's get this straight. There has been a consistent message from the last two governments, really, that government or public debt was one of the reasons for the economic crash and that debt and our continued deficit is our biggest issue facing us today. 
Is that not true? That's not true at all. No, it is debt, but it's private sector debt. And particularly what brought us into the mess we have now in terms of our government debt, it was financial sector debt. We had to bail out banks. We had to bail out financial institutions that were completely irresponsible because they um, were failing and we were afraid they might just unravel, which they did a massive crisis in the economy. So it is private debt. And today what we see, it's household debt, which is a problem. Okay. Well, Eva, thank you so much for joining us. It's always very, very helpful, uh, given the messages that we hear every day, to try and uh, take away those um, that confusion between debt and the deficit and public debt and private debt. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks a lot. If you want to help us touch more ears with our kick-ass brand of economicsy goodness, uh, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a cheeky rating, unless it's just the one star, and tell all you see on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, and that new hip cool platform that I'm certainly not aware of yet. We'll be back at the same time next week. The Weekly Economics Podcast is brought to you by the New Economics Foundation an independent think tank and charity that campaigns for a fairer, sustainable economy. Find out more and get involved at neweconomics.org.